0: you're listening to creatively human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business put our work out into the world and make an impact in our own unique way i'm your host ruth pound business mentor to heart led creatives Today I'm chatting with Laurie Collins, who is the owner of the sustainable clothing brand A Woodland Gathering. At the time of release, she's actually in the process of rebranding and changing the name, so check the show notes for the most up-to-date link to her website. Laurie has been on an incredible journey with her business. She started sewing clothes for herself, then she sold them on Instagram, and then she turned it into a successful business. We talk a lot about what comes with a journey like that, including imposter syndrome, running a business in a way that supports your mental health, outsourcing to make your work more sustainable, doing it all as an introvert, and what it takes to identify yourself as a business owner. And she also has some tips for anyone who wants to make their wardrobe more sustainable. Enjoy.
1: I've always been into sewing for as long as I can remember. Um, My mum sewed, my my nana sewed. um, Yeah, so it's always been around me and I've always done it myself. Up until about three years ago, I became really unwell uh, and I was diagnosed with OCD. Not the typical OCD that you would think of. I'm not very tidy and I'm a bit of a chaotic mess actually <laughs> but um it's more sort of intrusive thoughts and um altered states of reality and all that sort of odd stuff that's really hard to understand but there's such a misconception around what ocd is i feel it's really important to to mention what it really is yeah. and it's not neat and tidy it's um it's definitely a, a lot more than that it's uh overthinking everything, doubting everything. So anyway, so I became really, really unwell. And my background is actually in nursing. Um, I'd worked in nursing since I left school. And I just became so unwell that I I was just unable to keep leading that life, uh, working shifts and uh, yeah. So I sort of withdrew into myself and sewing was my therapy to getting better. And I started sewing so much that I had to get rid of some of it. So I went on Instagram and people were buying it, which was great. And then before I knew it, I had a a business that wasn't really intentional. It was a sort of therapy turned business. Um, And yeah, now I have a woodland gathering business, which is fairly successful for a small business. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's been a journey through so many different emotions and feelings and ups and downs and very much learning as I go along and winging it (laughs) as they say. So
2: you were sewing for yourself were you making these clothes for yourself before you started selling them? Yes
1: yeah yeah it was really only making for myself and my sister and family and then you begin to sew so much you end up with all this stuff and you think what am I going to do with all I mean you can't possibly wear all these clothes so I just um, hadn't really used Instagram as a form of apart from sort of sharing photos, everyday photos of family and things with the old horrible Instagram filters. I hadn't really used it before in that way, but I found this whole way of being able to run a business that I didn't even know about just by chance. And people started buying and telling other people and it just kept growing. Um, I should mention, actually, I made dolls for a while as well. That was another thing, clothes and dolls. Mm. And I sold dolls as well. Um, That got me into sort of the American market. It opened up a huge American market to me because there's a lot of doll collectors there. Um, So, yeah, that that was kind of how I got into this business.
2: Oh, That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, considering it wasn't actually intentional at all. (laughs) It's definitely intentional now, though.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. Um, I'm guessing that
2: you've learned a lot from starting a business unintentionally. I started my business unintentionally as well, and it kind of takes its own direction. And then you have to kind of rein it in a bit and think, hang on a minute. What do I actually want yeah. out of
1: this business? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a business before I was prepared for running a business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was still very much in, oh, this is hobby mode. And then I was like, oh invoices I need to start dealing with invoices I need to start looking at tax and then all of these other things start to come out it was it, there was a very um funny period in between where I was it was confusing because I wasn't really sure if it was a hobby or if it was a business or mm. what it really was and did you have to like
2: teach yourself all of that stuff on the job as well as like refining yes. all your designs and the sewing techniques and everything you I guess you had to like figure out all the business stuff as well
1: yeah so that's very much been done as I've been going along, and it was I was sort of um sewing by day, and then by night I was working on the website, answering emails and messages, photo editing, sorting out payments, ordering tax stuff, filing. Yeah, there's just so many things, and it, it's it's constant. It's there's so much to be done. You'd. And even now there's things crop up and I'm like, oh, oh, I meant to do that. <laughs> mm. It's just very much learning as I'm going along and I'm still not completely there in terms of having everything right. There's still new things come up all the time or or ways of working that I think, oh, I never realized that you were actually meant to do things that way. So it's quite it's an interesting experience. <laughs>
2: Did it surprise you to learn how much was involved and and just the direction that it took on its own? Did you ever in the past like want to start your own business or anything
1: like that? Never. I'd, it never even entered my head. Um, I mean, I've always been creative and I always probably thought, oh, I might sell some stuff because you end up with too much. But I'd never, ever thought about it in a, a business point of view. I never seen myself as an entrepreneur or somebody who was building up a business or um, trying to build a brand I, I didn't see that for myself at all that's just very much happened and uh, but it's definitely something that I think about a lot now but it wasn't planned at all Um it was definitely more like I need to set I need to do something out of desperation yeah. and then it's turned into this
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah and because of that background do you find it hard to like identify as an entrepreneur because you clearly
1: are but I know that sometimes it's hard to own it yeah, there's a lot of imposter syndrome sort of creeps in and you you can feel quite fraudulent in what you're doing because you often think, oh, I'm not qualified to do this or this is, you, I don't know, it feels a bit false sometimes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because it wasn't planned. It's It's happened so organically that you begin to question, am I the right person for this? I'm not qualified yeah. to do this. Especially when I come across people who have went to like a fashion college and things, which I do come across. And they seem to know all about how to run a fashion business. And I'm just making it up as I go along and Googling things to try and find the answers. Um, but I'm slowly wrapping my head around the fact that you don't need a piece of paper to tell you that you are something yeah you can just be something and as long as you put the work and the effort and then it's kind of there for anybody really yeah um but I have some days where I, I can feel that quite strongly and other days where I have the imposter syndrome where I think oh this is just I, I'm just faking it all and, and I'm not really cut out to do this but it, it really just that's probably my mental health actually <laughs> yeah. but uh, it really just depends on the day but the reality of it is I am doing it and it the work's getting done and it is happening. And you've got all
2: these happy customers to show for it as well. I do,
1: yeah. And, and I've got seamstresses work for me now as well, which is, that feels really odd to say because I don't see myself as a boss type material and that feels quite odd. And it's not something that I'd ever thought I would do, mm. but it's working really well. And we work on a very, very laid back basis. We're friends and um, they sold from A and th- that's it. it. It works really, really well. So, yeah, I, I could never see myself recruiting people. But now, the way I want to take the business, I, I want to build on that. So, I need to g- sort of begin to get better with these feelings. I think mm. that it's not meant for me and um, that's for somebody else who has the bit paper to say they're qualified to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have those kind of feelings all the time as well. Um, And I think also sometimes when you're at one point and you're trying to think about how to get to another point. So, for example, running a business in a way that doesn't involve you personally doing everything. It can be like really overwhelming. But actually, I guess we take it step by step and it does happen and we are capable of doing it.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've had a lot of changes recently because it's become so much for one person to do. And I think I've probably intentionally tried to keep it really small because there's a fear and growing but I am starting to work with other people and ask other people to do things which feels like such a big thing but actually when you start working that way it, you think to yourself why why did I not do this before because mm-hmm. this yeah. really is so much easier and such a better way of working and um, there's so many talented people out there that do like just for in terms of to begin with I made all the patterns myself self-drafted patterns I, and I probably intentionally kept things quite simple that I could execute well. But really, I wanted to do more complicated things, but I'm not qualified to do that. Um, I could work it out. It's really time consuming. So now I work with a pattern maker who I tell them what I want or I can make something up and they will make up the pattern for me. And I wonder why I didn't do that so much earlier, because it's it's great working with other people yeah. even as an introvert <laughs> yeah yeah it really is it
2: is and like other people have specific strengths and you can like play off each other's yeah. strengths
1: yeah and it's it, it's knowing that you don't have to be perfect at everything as well that and that's and that's okay to yeah. be that way yeah um so yeah so I, I love working with pattern makers now That's a been a big change in my business that I can actually do more complicated designs than what I felt I could personally execute well I get them to do because it's all sort of maths and uh, calculations and things which is not really my strong point Mm. (laughs) but uh, and it's a part of the job that I didn't really like doing anyway I liked the um, imagining the garment but actually doing all the maths and calculations to how it would fit certain bodies it, it wasn't really a part that I liked anyway so to outsource that's amazing that's yeah that feels like a big step yeah for my business that's mm. a
2: really important thing actually to think that we don't have to do everything and especially the things we don't like like even if we can do it if we don't enjoy it as much then it's just taking away from the stuff that we really enjoy and that we're best
1: at yeah definitely definitely and it's really good actually I've learned a lot from working with the pattern makers as well because they actually teach me quite a lot of things that You know, as we go along, they say things that I think, oh, I never really actually thought of that. Or I didn't realise you could put that garment together in that way that I probably wouldn't have known. So, Mm. yeah, I'm I'm learning a lot from them as well. It's it's really nice. And it's still very much my designs and my ideas. They're just doing the mathematics of it, really.
2: (laughs) At what point did you think this is it? Like, even though I'm nervous about it, I've just got to start employing seamstresses to help me put this stuff out there. What was the turning point?
1: I think it's just been recently, really, towards the end of last year, um, I could feel sort of everything was just getting too much. I was like working from the minute I woke up in the morning until the minute I went to bed at night, um, in between being taxi for the children and chef and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But it was just work all the time and... You just can't work like that. I wasn't doing the best that I possibly could with the time I had because I was so tired. So at that point, I thought this is just impossible to do on my own. So I either stop stop it altogether or I get some help. And actually get taking on some seamstresses to help me with the sewing was like, the I don't know why I didn't do it before because it, it works really well. And I think the thing that put me off actually was I'm such an introvert and I, I find it really hard working with other people. But actually... You can work it in a way that that suits your personality as well, I think. And my my seamstresses work from their own houses and I just, I give them the garments cut. I say I need them back by whatever day and and then I get them back on that day. And it's, so I actually really don't have a huge amount of contact with them. It's it's really good. I just wish I'd done it earlier. Yeah, yeah. But it's all, it's
2: like everything, isn't it? You never know how it's going to go until you do it. And it feels like such a big deal. And then it actually isn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. story of my life. <laughs>
2: but yeah, I love I love hearing about how you work with people and you're doing it your way because there's also all these like expectations and rules about how we need to like grow a team and manage other people and do everything a certain way. And you're just proof that you can be like a kind of a leader and a someone who runs their own business, but you're doing it totally your way in your introverted way. And I love that.
1: I think that's the only way I can work um and I think that's really important for people to know that it's you need to work within your own personality or it just doesn't work and that's that, that's it and I'd sort of looked up self-help sort of things on running businesses and actually I couldn't really relate to many of them because they had to be this particular person that was business minded and wanted to run a business in a traditional way with uh, it was just all really confusing. And I just read things and thought, this is not me. This is not, this won't work for me. So it's nice to, to work. Uh, So the the seamstresses that work for me, they don't even really work for me. They they are self-employed. I just basically, um, they work for themselves. I just contract them, which is amazing. I don't actually have any employees which is great
2: yeah yeah I've I've had that too because I've worked with other people but I've never had an employee and actually that's what Mm -hmm. suits me like I've had to manage people in a certain way in a certain level Mm -hmm. but it's never I think and I think that's fine like it's not actually even like playing small or whatever like some people might would make you think when you read these books it's just like it's fine you can still grow and work with people in that way Without employing yeah, them yeah. full time and as employees, I actually
1: think it works. It works better for them as well. Um, yeah. So it's just as they, if they can't work one week, that's fine. It's fine. They they work to their own rules as well. So it really works out well for everybody involved. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
2: I'd love to talk to you a bit about selling on Instagram because it's really interesting to me to hear from someone who's built a business and runs it and sells it through mainly through Instagram. How did you build up your following in the first place?
1: A lot of it happened by chance. Uh, I wasn't an expert in Instagram at all. Um, I suppose I started communicating with people who I thought would be interested in what I had on offer and then they start sharing. And before you know it, it it grows into something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I found this this Instagram, I I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, I love the community. I've got a sort of community of people who do similar things to me that I now call friends. We chat on the phone. We, it's just like somebody's help, you know, if you've got, anything difficult that you're dealing with or you're not sure about something, it's really nice to have that community of people who feel the same way as you do and are trying to do the same thing as you do, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the connection is its invaluable, actually, um, and I definitely have made really good friends through it. Saying that, I do, like, people who are doing things that are too similar, unless I'm friends with them, I don't follow them mm. because i the comparison thing on Instagram can be quite... Um, it can be quite tough and I think you often compare yourself to other people and it's not helpful for it's not helpful for anybody yeah so yeah so there is that so unless I'm friends with them I don't follow them but I do have sort of friends that I follow that are doing similar things and that's really helpful Mm -hmm. um the other thing is as I've mentioned already I'm an introvert and I do find social media really tough at times um sometimes I'm in it and sometimes I just can't do it it's not very good because it works in an algorithm now and if you're not posting then you're not favored by the algorithm and that can get all a bit difficult and you begin to overthink it so I think planning what you're when you're feeling fine planning what you're going to put on for the next sort of few days or if you can do it longer than that great I generally just do a few days at a time because mm. I'm working on different things all the time but that helps there's good points and bad points to Instagram, but I really can't fault it too much because my whole business has been made due to the success on Instagram. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, with that, I would say nine, more than ninety percent of my customers have come via Instagram, which is wow. is great it's it's quite powerful actually when you think about it like that yeah but it did make me think that if Instagram just disappeared what where would that leave me so I have started building a mailing list which I really need to start using Mm. a bit more I don't use that very wisely at the moment um but I have got people on my mailing list so um but this is all part of the growing isn't it yeah yeah things work for a little while and then you're like oh what about that and then you start sort of thinking about other things and I think the growth happens very organically um because you realize as you go along oh I need to think about that and I need to mm. think about this and yeah and you really don't need a book to tell you what to do you just no. figure it out
2: and sometimes it's too much isn't it if you know that you've got to have Instagram you've got to have an email list you've got to have this and that then you can't do it all at once yeah. and it's just too overwhelming
1: yeah. yeah I don't focus too much on other social media outlets because it, it can all become too much so Instagram's basically the one that I put my effort into and I think a lot of people try and do Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of things and it, it becomes too much actually but I think if you just pick one but I think if you've got a business that's selling something and it's visual Instagram it's such a, a great place because it is a visual platform and it um it's made me get better a little bit better at photography as well which is good.
2: And um, do you have any tips for people who are growing that Instagram following for their business?
1: Yeah um, don't be scared to sort of Put yourself out there and blow your own trumpet a little. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard to do in the beginning because you feel you feel a bit foolish actually saying, so, you know, "Oh, look at what I've made" or "Look at what I've done," and I'm so great. But I think. It took me a little while, but you just need to get over it. And you're, if you want your business to be successful on Instagram, you do need to blow your own trumpet a little. Because most of the posts I put on, they're not sort of direct selling posts. They were, they're more indirect selling posts. If mm, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. so I'm showing the garment. I'm talking about what I'm doing, the process. And um, so I'm not saying, come and buy me. I'm this much, and um, you'll feel great in it. But inadvertently, you are selling by showing the process because your people are buying into your your sort of way of working and um, your life really. Such good
2: tips and how do you manage your customers on Instagram like you get a lot of DMs how do you manage
1: it? Uh, Not very easily (laughs) (laughs) this is one of my real struggles Um, so I really really struggle with the communication part of it and I think part of it is because I'm such an introvert and the other part of it is the dreaded ocd that creeps in all the time and um have this sort of thing that when I answer somebody I always I, I get I, I answer the message and then I leave the message and I think what did I write so I have to keep going back and checking which probably sounds ridiculous to most people but I always have this these thoughts that I've wrote something that's not appropriate or I've wrote something that I shouldn't have wrote and I never have because I never would and I yeah. know that when I'm thinking rationally but I think it's just part of the condition that I have and yeah, I find that really, really difficult, which has led me to the most recent changes that I've made in the business. Um, and I've so I've got a friend, Lulu, who I met. We both have OCD, but in very different ways. Um, and I met her a few years ago via Instagram, and now we're like really good friends. We meet up, um, we go on trips together, we talk on the phone every week, at least once a week, probably more now, and. She's going to join me in the business and take over some of the sort of answering of messages, managing some of the social media type things, but also be involved in every aspect of the business. She's just going to sort of do it with me, um, which I think is a great step for us, because running something on your own is very hard and it can be very, very lonely. Um, and I think having somebody else with in it with you, it's just going. To, it's going to change so much for us and I think for the better um but finding that right person is really hard but mm. I'm definitely I'm definitely sure that I have found the right person yeah. so I'm really excited about where where it's going to take us and she actually grounds me quite well as well you know if I'm getting a bit panicky or whatever about something she's quite good at grounding me because she understands the way I think.
2: It's so important to have those people that that understand and it and actually that's one of the things that instagram is so great for and you mentioned before like your little community of people that you can talk to it's so good to have people that understand
1: yeah definitely i think it's i think you need that actually um and i would say that if anybody was sort of just starting out on instagram find your people because you need them you need your people yeah uh, because it's such a lonely place and you'll get you fall down this hole of comparison and um thoughts about what's right what's the right way to do things what's the wrong way to do things and actually you you need those people to ground you and just make you because it's such a complicated thing to do to keep you on the straight and narrow
2: um I love the way that you're talking about your journey with OCD and how it's impacted your business and why you started your business and the fact that you and Lulu are talking more about it like I think it's really just great to see people and business owners having amazing businesses doing amazing things but also having this aspect to yourself and just showing what's possible and what you can achieve in your way
1: yeah yeah and I I think I because I'm getting better I don't think the OCD will ever go away but I certainly I am a lot better than what I was because I can manage it now. But I think it's so important for people to understand that even if they have sort of certain problems in their life, that it doesn't mean that you can't do things. It, it's just that you need to do things in your own way. And everything's actually I sometimes think of it as my superpower. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I wouldn't be the person I am if I didn't have what I have. Um but I think in terms of the OCD, it's so misrepresented. It, that's one thing that really, when people say I'm a little bit OCD, that's it's a phrase that really annoys me because yeah. you can't be a little bit compulsive or a little bit obsessional about yeah. something. It's, um, yeah, it's not a little bit anything. And it's, I can understand why people say it, it's just one of those sort of throwaway comments that mm-hmm. it's meaningless now but actually it's a really serious mental illness. That's something we're going to be doing um, when we launch our new collection, hopefully in April. Um, we're going to be donating 5% of all sales to OCD Action who are doing amazing work at educating people on what OCD really is so we want to support that without having, without talking about it all the time, we want to support the work that they're doing which is really good I love
2: that that's another example of how you can incorporate what matters to you into your business really isn't it
1: yeah 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 because I started talking about my mental health quite a lot and then there, there is this sort of you think where's the boundary because you don't want to turn mm, your yeah. business page into a sort of mental health forum but I really do want people to be aware of it and I've got I'm in a position where I've got nearly 14,000 followers and I've got all, like these people who listen to what I say and I want them to know but I also want to, want it to remain the clothing business that it actually is. So I think it's a nice balance if I do if we can support the charity that are doing really exceptional work in education. Yes, so yes, yeah. yeah, so it feels right it feels right for us.
2: Yeah. And I also wanted to talk to you about the ethics behind your clothes, because you're not just doing uh, good in terms of talking about OCD, but it's your clothes, the clothes themselves and the way you produce them Um, Mm -hmm. ethically. I'd really love to hear about some of your values behind the brand and how you produce your clothes and in a more sustainable way and all of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So up until recently, I only have really worked with linen and linen. um, I love the feel of linen anyway, but. It's also, it doesn't use a lot of chemicals and things to produce. It's a lot harder when you start looking at other textiles because it's really difficult to figure out where things come from, what's the footprint of each garment. But it is really, really important to me to know where things have come from. Um, I always think kindness is sort of key to everything. Mm. So you want the whole process of, you know, from the farm to the garment to be kind on um, human and earth, really. I'd say there, there, there's always room for improvement um, in business. I don't do everything completely perfectly. It, it's such a difficult thing to do. But each time I have to make a decision based on a new textile or packaging or wh- whatever, I make sure that the decision's made to the best that we possibly can do at the moment. So just like our packaging's all paper packaging. It's not, um, we don't use any plastics or anything. Um, we... Our labels, our label, I it's organic cotton tape that we use for labels, mm-hmm. and they're all hand stamped with uh, vegan inks and things. So, um yeah, it, it's like small decisions, but you you can't just. I think I've definitely improved since I started, and there are decisions like small decisions you make along the way, but each of those small decisions I put quite a lot of thought into. Yeah. So, um and also building things up slowly as well. If you build up slowly, you don't need to. It's not a race. You don't need to be perfect all at once you you just it just kind of happens um but Mm -hmm. uh, most of the people who follow me on instagram are really interested in ethics and things anyway so i always have this i always feel that i have to do what's right because i have to be able to answer things in a way that i would think is acceptable if Mm. if you know what i mean yeah does that make sense (laughs) yeah yeah as
2: as a someone who buys from people i as a customer i would love to i love to know that the people behind the stuff that I'm buying are thinking these things through I think it matters so much even though some of the things you said like for example the inks you use in the label it sounds like really small but it all like adds up over time and yeah
1: yeah, yeah there's such small things but once you've made that decision and you've found you've, you've done the research and you've found the thing that you're going to do then that's it done you know like you've made that decision and you've done it and you can implement that but trying to do everything all at once is that that would be tough and I could see how that would be really overwhelming for people but just tackle one thing at a time and yeah um yeah uh uh-huh so I always say like the I always say to my children um treat people the way you'd like to be treated yourself and I have kind of the same approach to my business as well um so treat every part of the business the way that I would like it to be treated i don't know if that really makes sense but everything everything should be thoughtful
2: i like what you said about kindness i think that sort of sums it all up and, the, and it and it applies to all areas of your business so the materials you use and all of that but also the way you treat your customers the way you work with like your seamstresses for example i think that's a really yeah. really good value
1: yeah it fe- it feels good and it feels like uh it feels like i'm doing the best that i can at, at this moment in time and there there will be room for improvement. A lot of it is financial because some things are really, really expensive. Yeah. I've had to I, I've spent a lot of time looking at cottons and <laughs> it's funny because there I think everybody is still making improvements, but it's a slow process. And a lot of the time you'll go on to sort of a textile um distributor and there's this tiny tiny little section of cottons and you can only get it in like a couple of plain colors like all the beautiful fancy stuff is not it's just conventional cotton it's not mm, organic right. Um. so then that's that ruled out so I think sometimes you're waiting on other people catching up as well and that makes it difficult
2: yeah
1: and I think working with linen has made my process a little bit easier because the the way linen is produced is is much kinder than the way cotton is produced so that certainly made it a little bit easier for me so I've had been able to focus more on you know like the smaller things like the labels and the packaging and uh, and that sort of thing mm. um, and I've also asked for like um I asked for my fabrics to be, be delivered not wrapped in plastic because it's it's unnecessary so I just contacted the people and said can you just put it in a box and it's not it's fine in a box it doesn't need to be in plastic and and they're quite happy to accommodate that so there's like little things you can do Mm, I love that
2: actually that's such a small thing but if you're ordering fabrics all the time then it's going to make a difference that's something we can do in our personal lives I guess as well when it comes to products yeah
1: so it's actually been I I, I don't even want to say it's been a difficult process because it's not it's just a slow process it's not it's not difficult it's just slow just takes time so and one one thing at a time I think is the, the way forward. Because if you look at everything as a whole, if I if I wrote a list of everything as a whole that I needed to do for my business to make it more sustainable, I'd probably be quite overwhelmed by it. So you just pick one thing, tackle the one thing, and then move on to the next thing.
2: Yeah, and and aiming for perfection as well is just like it just it stops you from even starting.
1: So you may as well just change one thing. It seems so unachievable when you aim for perf- perf- And what even is perfection? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always room for improvement. <laughs> I'd love to hear your take
2: on. Um, people who are trying to improve their the sustainability of their wardrobe and moving away from fast fashion because that's another area where people can just feel totally rubbish about what they buy and how do they change everything I'd love to hear if you have any advice for people who are trying to change the way they shop
1: yeah, so I, I'm I am not a shopper at all, so I don't get the whole, like, I have to go shopping and get my fix. I, d- I really don't get that. But from talking to friends, I think often the problem is, is they've actually got too much in their wardrobe. Mm. So they open their wardrobe and they actually can't see what's there. So I would suggest take everything out, get rid of anything that you don't need, the stuff that you just do not wear, just get rid of it and shorten it down and only keep the stuff that you love or that's really, really functional and start from there um I would definitely say buy quality over quantity um because you can accessorize with stuff you know like add belts or make things uh, look different just by changing like small things um I really struggle to get the mentality around this whole like buying lots of stuff Mm. because I, I think I've just never had that mentality myself um so I do find that difficult but I would say just start by looking at what you've already got and tidying up your wardrobe because when you open your wardrobe when you've got too much in it you can just you can just become blind to it and you think oh, there's nothing there there's nothing there what else i think like uh, style is one thing that we're going to do uh, lulu's got planned actually because she's amazing at styling things is showing like one one of our garments styled in a whole week's worth of different ways like just by changing accessories oh, wow. or wearing it different ways so she's going to be doing a lot of that on stories when the new collection comes out and showing people like um if you have this one garment it can be this different and this you know this many different types of ways um for different occasions and I think that'll be really helpful because some people need to be shown as opposed to just being able to figure that out for themselves so I think that'll be really really helpful and one of our new garments that's coming out is really versatile um but I think that Often you see something online and you just see it the way it's styled and you think that's the way it's to be worn, but, but often there's so many different types of ways. Mm. Um, some I had So I sell trousers that have got straps on them and a dress. There's two completely different garments, but I often take the straps off the trousers and wear the dress over the trousers. And I've heard people say, I would never have thought to wear them like that mm, before a dress yeah. with trousers like that. But it works. And I think it's, it has made me think, unless you show people then they might not know yeah so yes I'm really looking forward to Lulu doing our, our styling tips on on stories which will, that'll be really fun um, and hopefully we'll start next month
2: oh that'll be useful for me but also that's quite a good um bit of that's a good advice for anyone with their own businesses like actually showing people what you think might seem obvious to one person is not obvious to everyone
1: Mhm. and often I think the way things are styled online you might not like it, but if you've seen it styled in another way, you might think, "Oh, actually, I could wear that." Yeah, yeah. Because just, you just wouldn't, because not everybody has exactly the same taste, and I think we need to remember that. And not everybody's body's the same as well. So she's also gonna, she's not only just gonna do it herself; she's gonna do it with uh, real models as well. So not models, real people who are being models, yeah, just sort yeah. of styled on different bodies and things as well, which will be really fun. Um. So yeah, so that's what that's what we've got planned for that. I'm the kind of person who needs that. I need to be shown. <laughs> yeah yeah I think a lot of people do I think it's um I mean I think about the garments day in day out so it seems I often forget that people don't see things the way that I do it was that that, and that's what's good about working with Lulu because she's like no you don't see it like that but she's not making the garments she's not in the garments all the time so she sees things in a different way than I do and it's really nice to get that different point of view yeah
2: yeah definitely right I'm gonna ask you a couple of parting questions before we wrap things up Um, The first one
1: is, what is the best part of your day? Um, Definitely, this is going to sound really bad, but when my children go to school in the morning (laughs) and my husband goes to work (laughs) and I'm just left on my own. And it's just like a sigh of relief. And it's not that I want to get rid of them because I do love when they come back later on, but I just love that time on my own. And I make my coffee. It's even better when the sun's shining outside because I can enjoy my morning coffee in the garden before I start. But that's definitely my favourite time of the day is that five minutes before I start work where I just get this lull of peace and quiet yeah yeah it's the introvert dream oh yeah definitely <laughs> especially after the preschool fights of yeah trying to get kids out the door and make sure their teeth are brushed and things
2: <laughs> right the second question if you could go back is there anything you tell yourself when you first started your business
1: yes don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle which is something i had done a lot to begin with I always thought I'm not doing it right because they are doing this but actually I was just at the very very beginning of my journey and these people had been doing it for a long time Mm. and it it wasn't even comparable but in in my head it was at the time but definitely do not compare your beginning to somebody else's middle that's if I could tell everybody that that's what I would tell them
2: that is such good advice so important to remember
1: yeah yeah
2: right last question Um, where can people go to find out more about you and what you do
1: So Instagram's usually the place where we are most of the time, and that's at A Woodland Gathering. Um, We do have Facebook as well, but we're not there very much. (laughs) Um, And we have a website as well, which is www.awoodlandgathering.com. And yeah, and everything's kind of on there. We're going to try and start using the blog a bit more on there. So hopefully we'll have some good styling tips and sort of, hopefully some help with wardrobes and things like that coming in the future on the blog there too
0: oh great thank you thank you so much for listening to another episode of creatively human if you have a moment i'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast it really does make a difference and if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future q a episode there are three ways to connect with me on the facebook group on instagram at ruth poundwhite, or my personal favorite my behind the scenes newsletter just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing because your work really does matter.